welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And we are going to dive right into this sucker. So here's the thing. A little something, something. Title of this show. Self-help doesn't end with the self. Self-help doesn't end with yourself. <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. Okay, I'm going to give you a little story first. You guys know I'm a storyteller. And uh, I love to tell stories. So last night, my sweetie and I are sitting on the couch, right? And we're watching a show. And uh, I'm a person, as a writer especially, as a storyteller, I love good storytelling. So there are a lot of spiritual people who seem like, you know, they, they kind of feel a little superior when they announce like, oh, I don't have a TV. I haven't watched a TV in forever. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. Um, I love incredible storytelling. I love great writing. I love uh, characters that kind of stay in my consciousness and make me think or make me see the world through a new lens and stuff like that. So we were Netflixing it out last night and we've been watching, this is the third season of this show called um, Border Town. And it's all about this really eclectic detective whose methodology um, and process is really quirky and eccentric. And I love it. I just love it so much. And so um, if you watch that show, Border Town, and you can hear the sound of my voice, I just want you to know, spoiler alert. So just like, eh, we might want to just skip this part. <laughs> but anyways, there was a scene last night. So there I am sitting on the couch with my sweetie, having a snack, happily enjoying the show. Like, well, I mean, this season was pretty dark. I'm not going to lie. There are a bunch of times I was like, oh, can't watch it, like really violent or whatever. But um, for the most part, I was like, I dig this show and I dig this character. So there's a scene last night. So there I am, like I said, happily munching on a snack with my sweetie. Um, dogs were about to come out of their crates from dinner to join us on the couch. And there's this scene all of a sudden and his daughter, so his wife, this main character, his wife had died. Um, and they were like processing their grief. Right. And so there's like the whole season is about like kind of about kind of, that's like the backstory of what's going on. So there's finally this scene where the daughter, who's probably like 19, 18, 19 years old, and he are just kind of grappling with each other. And they literally have this moment where she just starts screaming like, mom is dead. Mom is dead. Mom is dead. Don't you understand? You know, and he grabs a hold of her and they both start sobbing. So I'm literally there like with like food in my mouth. And just all of a sudden, like, boom, like that scene just hits me. It just lands in me so deeply. And I just start to sob, right? Like I just start to sob. And my poor sweetie, like he was a little surprised for a second, but he didn't miss a beat. He just kind of reached out and he put his hand on me and he started to talk to me. And, and I was just like letting myself feel those emotions. And what it was really doing is 
is that um, that her her grief was so raw and so on point and depicted so real. And of course, obviously, right? Like I have my own tender spots around the uh, the dead mom, <laughs> the dead mom thing. Um, but it was depicted so well. And I'm also really sensitive and empathic. And I think we all are, right? I think we all are. Um, so I just like, if somebody else is crying a lot of times, like I just kind of go with them, you know? So I was just like, oh my God. And I was like, you know, crying on the couch. And I didn't stay in it very long. Like I looked over at one of my dogs and he had made this little like pillow fort, like with his blanket. And it was the sweetest and cutest thing. And I just busted out laughing. And so the moment passed very quickly. But the reason why I'm telling you this whole thing is I was able to feel those feelings, obviously like grief, like the body just has memory and storage and things come up, they just come up for healing and I don't suppress them anymore. I'm the, the age of me sucking stuff up, like sucking it up and stuffing it down, I don't do that anymore. So when those feelings come up, I just kind of let myself feel them. Now remember, there's a point to where I'm going with this story, right? So stay with me here. So I really let myself just kind of boom, be in the moment with that and really allow myself to be in the shoes of that character on TV and to kind of feel that. Um, and so my own like came up for like healing. I had the moment and I let it pass. But here's my point to why what I'm trying to demonstrate with that. It was because I allow myself. I'm pretty good. I often say this, a lot of shit I'm not that good at. I just come up right out and admit it. One of the things I am pretty good at is what helps me in the work that I do as a spiritual mentor and as a storyteller, right? As a speaker and a writer, is I'm able to kind of like put myself in other people's shoes. And I also think whether you believe in the woo-woo stuff or not, I really do think that, you know, being a Libra and about for Libras, the whole thing is about the, the scales of justice. So there's always this thing about choices and there's always this thing about things being fair and there's always this thing about being able to see two sides of everything. And and that's like, I'm, I'm very much strong in, in that. Like it's one of my, I think it was one of my superpowers is that I'm actually able to see other people, to hear them and feel them and get them and to put myself in their shoes. And the reality of it is, is we're not sometimes going to be able to fully understand what another person is going through, right? Like certain things I say, like, I'm not gay. I'm not black. I'm not male. I've never been an NFL football player. I've never been a professional athlete. I've never been a cop. Like there are going to be certain situations where I can't get right there, like in the same exact position. It's just nobody can. Nobody is exactly me or exactly you, except for you or me, right? You know what I'm saying? But we can certainly do better at trying to have empathy and compassion and understanding for other people. And I think this is one of the things that can often go missing in the self-help movement and in the self-help world and all the books and the webinars and the mentorships and all these things that are talking about know yourself, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. Like it's all about you. It's all about you. Self-help, self-help. And I'm always like, yo, <laughs> self-help doesn't end with yourself or it's incomplete right? The, the goal is, and I always say, you know, Jesus didn't say love yourself. <laughs> Jesus said, love one another. And one of the ways that we actually love one another, one of the greatest ways that we show love is to pay attention, is to be able to notice outside of yourself. And I, I think that so often, so often people's suffering is because they are way too self-focused. So often I believe that people's suffering is because they are way too focused on themselves. 
And one of the great gifts of spiritual maturity, one of the great gifts of doing work on yourself is it makes you more aware of others. One of the great gifts of suffering, and I always say this, suffering is a wicked good teacher. Like suffering is a powerful and potent teacher until you get a better teacher. <laughs> so we can transform that suffering like into our salvation and into our service, right? And that's certainly what I believe, I'd like to believe that I have done with my own life is my own serve, like suffering has informed me about how to be better service to other people, right? We want to be able to have a sensitivity, right? When we're doing work on the self, right? Your true self, capital S self, who you really are as a child of God, who you really are as an extension of the divine is already perfect. That's not the self you're working on. So often when we're talking about quote unquote self-help, we're talking about the ego personality. That's what I always say. It's like spiritual and personality rehab when we work together. <laughs> what you're really working on is the personality and the ego and the bullshit stories and all that stuff is kind of coming up. And that's the thing about being human. I always say this, being human is an ongoing problem. That's why I create the things that I create is why I have people come work to, with me. And it's why I'm coming up with some really interesting new programs and a membership. And we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> um, I just saw a spot on my computer. So sorry, I just like licked my finger and started rubbing my computer. And you guys are probably like, what are, those of you who are watching is like, what is KK doing? So here's the thing. Self-help doesn't end with the self. We might start there, right? Because you can't really help other people till you get your shit together. You can't really help other people. You can't walk another person through something that you haven't been through yet yourself. And sometimes people will come to me and they'll ask me like, hey, KK, you know, I'm thinking about starting this, or I think or about hanging a shingle about this, or I think about becoming this or calling myself this. And I'll just say that I'm very, I'm very, I, I always say loving, but firm. I'm very direct, but I'm very compassionate. Like I just don't pull any punches because I, I know the danger of people um, claiming titles from themselves that they have no business um, claiming. And I don't say that from a superiority place. I just know the damage. You know, if somebody is going to hang a shingle saying that they know how to hold safe space, but they actually don't, you can just totally re-traumatize people. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. So your own suffering, it should start to at some point, once you start to grow and heal and do some of that self-help work on yourself, <laughs> the goal isn't to once you heal, heal and get better and learn some things to just stop there and keep it to yourself right? The goal is to then help others if you can, right? We don't help them from the place where it's still, still a gaping, bleeding, uh, terrible wound, right? I always say we want to wait until the wound has turned into some wisdom first, right? But we don't just help ourselves so that we can just be like, oh yeah, I'm good. Thanks. You got to look up once in a while. You got to take a look around you. You got to be aware of who around you needs help. It's not just about you. Hey, Hey, little note to self, it's not just about you. <laughs> and it's one of the things that we can do. And um, I remember being at a, um, an event one time that I was speaking at and somebody in the audience like asked this very question, you know, and she was, uh, she was trying to do it very politely. And I realized afterwards how funny it actually was. I'm like, oh, this could be an SNL skit because she had all these like coaches and self-help leaders and business coaches or whatever on stage. And she was basically trying to say, if she had just come out and said it very straightforward without trying to 
not offend us, right? And I, I and she's a sweetheart, and I love her, and I know what she was trying to do. But let's just say she had decided to just come right out and point blank ask the question. Basically, what she was trying to say is like, look, all this self help stuff is like amazing. Like, help yourself, make money, do all this shit, awesome. But does it just end there? Like, what about that? Can you talk about that? Can you talk about like? how that becomes more like social activism or spiritual activism. Like how do you look beyond yourself? Like you don't just keep serving yourself, right? Like that's not the point, right? Like, and it was so fantastic and uh, that's thing. And so the way I talk about it is, um, and I've heard this from, um, the, so my, my uh, writing mentor, uh, one of my beloved friends, Andre Debuse III, this quote I think originated with his dad. And he was kind of talking about it from that point of view of like Catholic guilt and how, you know, the, the goal isn't to just, you know, get all the riches and get everything for yourself, right? So this is kind of like the inspiration of where this quote comes from. But it's like, you got to send the elevator back down. That's what I always say. You got to send the elevator back down right? So it's not just about your self-help doesn't end with yourself. So if yourself gets to a place, whether it's um, uh, um, financial abundance or spiritual abundance or wisdom or skill set, or you, you just have great luck, whatever the thing is, if, you're, if your elevator goes to a high floor, you don't just hold the button. You don't push in that button, right? That sends off the alarm. Like it's like, we're stopping here. We're not sending the cot back down. We're not, it's like, no, 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 no. You don't stop the, the elevator at your floor and be selfish, right? You send the thing back down. You send the damn elevator back down because you want to be able to help the people who are coming up behind you. You want them to also, and I always say, when we're all connected. So one of us rises, we all rise. So we want more and more people to have the tools and the skill set. I mean, that's why I do this work that I do. It's not because it's like my whole thing isn't, well, I want to mentor people and then have it just end with them. It's like, no, the whole point of this is we, you know, that, and this is how we go home. Like when Ram Dass says, we're all just walking each other home. It's like, exactly. So I do this work to help one of my clients who maybe is struggling or who is grieving or who's working out some of the shit of being human or healing some of their trauma or rewriting some of their old stories, right? Story to their glory, that whole process that I take people through. It's not because, oh, well, when they hit a better place, they're just going to stay there and not help anybody else. It's like, no way, man. The whole point of this is like an exponential love, like love thing, right? Like where, like the more that we learn to love ourselves and heal ourselves, we can then turn and extend it to others. We can help others. We send the elevator back down. Like that's the whole point. Otherwise, what's the point? Like otherwise, like what? So you get to heal and you get to learn some things. And that's one of the, the most powerful things about this work that I do is that like, yeah, is it amazing that I read a bunch of books and I had some incredible mentors and, you know, I did some time with Marianne Williamson and I've met this person and I've done the work. Like all that is amazing. That's great for me, but it's not like the, the, the way that the world changes, the way that we make a difference in the world is we turn and we serve others. We help others. Self-help doesn't end with yourself. Again, I always say Jesus, Jesus didn't walk around saying, hey, KK, love yourself. <laughs> he said, love one another. And one of the way that we love one another is we have the sensitivity. We have the empathy. We have the compassion to recognize suffering in others and to do something about it. Even if they look different than us, even if they love, like, like, even if they, 
like have sexual preferences maybe that are different than us. Maybe they look different, they sound different, they come from another country, they come from another political, quote unquote, political side, right? They are still your brothers and sisters. They are still your brothers and sisters, even if we disagree. I've had that happen so often lately where I connect with somebody and I'm like, this person is wicked cool. I like this person. I hope we can become friends. And then I go check out their Twitter and I'm like, <gasps> I'm just like horrified by the stuff they're sharing. And I'm just like, oh my God, but I, I can't discount the fact that when I talked to this person, we connected and I loved them and they were great. And I'm like, okay, still my brother. We might think a little differently on some core things, right? So fascinating, this being human, isn't it? It's never a dull moment. It's never a dull moment. So here's the thing. The end game isn't, I just want to get myself in the best position and then like, eh, done. There's no done to this. It's so interesting, right? In these, these programs that, um, that I'm kind of creating in this work that I'm doing right now, um, the way I'm kind of like re-looking at how I work with people and how the things that, that I want to offer because one-to-one -one coaching is amazing and I love it. And when I say I'm good at it, I don't mean it in an arrogant way. It's like, it is, it's one of my, as they would call it, I'm doing air quotes, right? Like one of my zones of genius is I love being able to talk to people and help them to retrain their mind and to have a new perspective and to think about taking responsibility for their happiness and their peace. Like that shit lights me up all day long, right? But it's limiting in that there's just one of me. So I'm always thinking like, how can I help more people? How can I be in service to more people? How can I share these things that have been helpful to me in a greater way? And I'm not saying like I'm special. I don't mean it like that, right? I always say we're all, we're all God's kids. We're all special and none of us are special, right? Like that's how I feel about it. But I've had my own particular experiences that I can then figure out a way how to be helpful to others, right? And first thing you got to do is you do got to do some self-help. You do have to help yourself first, first, but don't stop there. We keep going. And I often talk about it like this, you know, when I think about, you know, fearless flow mentoring, and when I think about the whole process, the story to your glory process, you know, those things came out of me putting in a lot of the work, right? I'm 51 going on 52. So from my 20s on, I've been taking a good look at myself. I've been taking a look at the way my mind works. I've been taking a look. I've been vigilant for the quality of my thoughts, my words, my actions. Of course, I still make mistakes. Of course, I'm still clumsy. That, welcome to being human, right? But I'm getting better and I'm getting stronger. And that's how I feel, like, right? Like Rocky. Like I'm like Rocky and I'm training. And you know, I, I just need a couple of good people in my corner to keep me sharp and to keep me strong and to call me out of my bullshit and like all that stuff, right? But here's the thing I was saying, this stuff with my work, I, I have a few quotes. I have a few, I have more than a few quotes, but I have like four or five quotes that are like the hot beat, the hot beat of the work that I do. And, um, and this is one of them. And I want to share it with you guys. And I always get emotional when I read this. So if I stop boo-hoo-hooing on you... <laughs> Just help KK out, send me a little love. Uh, but this is one of the hot beats of the work that I do. And I've been talking about, like my last episode, if you haven't listened to it, it's called uh, You're a Motherfucking Peacock. And it's all about my, my love for peacocks and, and what they mean to me on the spiritual journey and why I love them so much and why my logo is a peacock feather. It's like this whole thing, right? And so um, if you haven't listened to that uh, already, like you can, you can go in and, and check that out. Um, 
And uh, why was I telling you that? So there's a reason why I was like pointing you to that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So on my last episode, I, I know why I was telling you that. So on my last episode, I was breaking down why I love peacocks and stuff so much and why the feather is my, my logo. Because I was talking about this monthly membership that I'm dreaming of creating and I'm kind of still like, you know, working it out with my spiritual team and the elements of it and like all these different things and how I just want to kind of create a safe place where people can come together. And I always say it like this, you can have some religion or no religion. You can be spiritual, you can be secular. I just want it to be a safe place that is totally inclusive, where people can come together and they can feel that, that, that deep spiritual connection. And I always say it like this, so that they can have, you know, they can have connection, they can have spiritual community, they can have convenience where some great resources are all in one place. I plan on having like guest teachers, like amazing guest teachers, like all this stuff. So like I said, it's all still coming together, but I, I'm dreaming of calling this the nest. Of course. Okay. The whole thing. And you'll see right behind me. If you look up, if you're not watching this, you can't see, but up behind me, you'll see this little peacock feather. I have a bunch of peacock feathers in my room, but it's a little peacock feather that's kind of like encased in this glass thing. It's a sustainable, cruelty-free feather, by the way. Those of you who know, know I've been vegan for like 18, over 18 years and I love animals. So no cruelty, everything's cruelty-free as much as I can in this house. So I have this little peacock feather just hanging up there behind me to always remind me too. So I want to be able to create a place called like the nest. And so here's one of the heartbeats of the nest. I'm finally going to read this quote to you. And, and this is, so this kind of exemplifies this right here, encapsulates um, why I do the work that I do and um, why it's so important to me and why even with this message today, I want to tell you, it's not just about you. It's about us helping each other. And um, this is my calling. This isn't just like shit that I do to make money. Do you know what I mean? Like writing and storytelling and trying to get this book done and these programs that I create and the mentoring that I do. I swear to God, you guys, it's all, I always say I answer to one boss, it's God. And I feel like, like this is my calling. This is my ministry. This is my mission and my message. And I hope someday it will be some, like enough of us will gather together that will create some movement where we can start to kind of tip the balance where we're living more in love than fear every single day. We're choosing love more than fear every single day. And that we start to kind of actually change the way that we relate to each other, the way that we all look at each other and the way that we speak to each other and that we extend respect and kindness. Because I always say, you know, they, that saying, right? Hurt people, hurt people. I always say, happy people tend not to hurt people, not on purpose anyways. And this is what we're going for because our natural inheritance is peace and happiness. Okay, here's the quote that I love that uh, exemplifies where I'm coming from with my work, with the nest, with everything that I'm trying to do. So the first piece is um, a quote by a woman. I think it's a woman. It might be a dude. Uh, Simone Wheel. And listen to this. This is the happy. Listen. The capacity to give one's attention to a sufferer is a very rare and difficult thing. It is almost a miracle. It is a miracle. I'm going to read that one more time. The capacity to give one's attention to a sufferer is a very rare and difficult thing. It is almost a miracle. It is a miracle. And this is part of the heartbeat of the work that I do, is to be able to take an unflinching look at suffering, at my own suffering, at my mom's suffering, at my brothers and sisters suffering, at your suffering, like my clients, right? Being able to take a look around and saying, yeah, I see the crucifixion but I'm not going to dwell on it. 
I'm more interested in the resurrection, but we, we have to look at it. We have to look at the suffering first. We have to look at it. And I'm not, a, you know me, I'm not a wicked religious person. I don't mean it like that. It's just the, think of it like the mythology or the mysticism or the, the language that I use, right, is saying this. So the capacity to give one's attention to a sufferer is a very rare and difficult thing. And, but this is my calling. This is part of my calling. And then my meditation teacher, Ashwaran, uh, he comments on this quote. Uh, and it's so beautiful. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get through it without boo-hoo. <laughs> okay, wish me luck. Here we go. He says suffering is inherent in life. However, we may try to conceal it. However, often we may try to turn our eyes away from it. To any sensitive person who reads the paper, every morning can be a hard blow. Murders, suicides, air crashes, war, violence, disease, poverty in every country on the face of the earth. If you are sensitive, your heart will melt in grief. Yet the greatest joy lies in devoting your life to the amelioration of the sorrow. The greatest fulfillment comes to you when you dedicate your life to bring some of these tragedies to an end, to wipe the tears away from the eyes of a few people. We needn't rescue the whole world or even a city or a neighborhood. We begin with those around us. The greatest fulfillment, he says, comes to you when you dedicate your life to bring some of these tragedies to an end, to wipe away the tears away from the eyes of a few people. Oh, it guts me every time. It lands so deeply in me, you guys, because this is my life's work. This is my life's work. And you begin with those around us, but you don't know those around you are suffering if you don't take a look around, if you don't take your eyes off yourself, if you don't stop belly gazing, right? Navel gazing at your own stories and bullshit and blocks and barriers and beliefs and all this stuff that keeps you stuck in your old story and keeps you from recognizing your glory. And we're back. Hey, he gets a little excited. <laughs> So here's the thing, you guys, I'm just going to, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to summarize everything we just talked about in a moment, but here's the thing. If you know somebody who could benefit from hearing this, or this might be helpful in some way, like, please share this episode with them. I always say like, they, these are always my calls to action, right? If you love this podcast or you like it or you dig it or you enjoy it or whatever the thing is, please go subscribe to it. And if you can, if it feels resonant, if it feels good for you to do so, leave a review, right? Leave a little rating. Uh, let, let me know. This is how you help the podcast grow and expand. I always say this is how you help me to spread the love. And also by sharing it with other people. And I always say if you share it, and you share it online in Facebook or Instagram, just tag me so I can see it, so I can say thank you because saying thank you is wicked important to me. Um, also, if any of this stuff that I've been talking about, about the nest or working together ever resonates with you too, if your curiosity gets piqued, if your heart starts to get that little like, ooh, a little bit of excitement or curiosity, then please reach out. You can always go to my website, karenkenny.com. There's a contact or connect thing. You just hit that thing, boom, you can send me a message. You can also email me, karen at karenkenny.com. Or just send me a DM or something. You guys know in this day and age how to get in touch with me. 
Okay, so those are your little calls to action. And I hope to hear from you and I hope this has been helpful in some way. So to summarize, here we go. Self-help doesn't end with the self. It doesn't end with yourself. <laughs> we have to look up. We have to notice those outside of ourselves. We have to be aware. We have to take a look around at those who need help. And sometimes it's people who look different, sound different, come from different than you. Sometimes it's animals and sometimes it's hungry kids and sometimes it's something abusive, something not right is going on. We have to be aware enough of what's happening around us. It's not just about us because that's not how love works. Do you know what I'm saying? It can't just be about us. That's not the end of the trail. You got to send that elevator back down. You got to send the elevator back down. The capacity to give one's attention to a sufferer is a very rare and difficult thing. It is almost a miracle. It is a miracle. And it's the miracle of my life. And it is the work that I hope to do. Uh, and and, and I, I hope that I do it, uh, do it well, that I can make a difference. And it really, you know, it all goes back. I always say like, you know, the core, the beginning of the story about me crying watching that show is because I could totally relate could totally relate. And even though she was an actress, the character that she was playing, I could totally relate to that kind of loss and that kind of grief. And uh, it's made me a better person because of it. My own suffering has carved out more room for other people. And that is a miracle to me. Amen and hallelujah. So you guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. I see you and I hear you. I have been listening. I have been listening and I, and I hope to be able to keep getting inspired uh, guidance uh, from my inner teacher, from my spiritual team to create things that are actually helpful. And look, if there's something that I haven't put out yet, like a program or whatever, I'm always interested in hearing, like, where are you stuck? Like, what do you need help with? Is it, you know, I answer questions all the time. People write to me all the time on a variety of things, right? Uh, but so I would be curious as to um, if you're like, you know what, KK, you know what I would love? So I'm always curious to hear from you guys too. I don't want this to be a one-way conversation, okay? <laughs> so if you feel inspired to drop me a note, let me know, okay? I see you, I hear you, I feel you, I celebrate you, I appreciate you. Wherever you go, wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.